On August 16, 2022, Republican Representative Liz Cheney lost the primary election in Wyoming to her opponent, Harriet Hagman. The daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney and Republican royalty will not reach her fourth term as a Wyoming representative because of this. Many voters selected the former Cheney supporter and Donald Trump-endorsed candidate Harriet Hagman because of Liz Cheney's opposition to Trump. With Cheney's vote to impeach Trump over the events on January 6, 2021, and her public objection to him causing her to lose the vote of thousands of Wyoming residents. Here's Harriet Hagman's reaction to her winning the primary vote. And what Wyoming has shown today is that while it may not be easy, we can dislodge entrenched politicians who believe they've risen above the people they are supposed to represent. Liz Cheney losing the primary election was a huge deal because it showed the importance of primary elections and voters following through with their civic duty. This election gave voters the opportunity to decide if they want Liz Cheney to represent them on the Republican ticket during the midterm election. It gave them the chance to remove her from the ballot and instead have someone else run against the Democratic candidate. So while all this might be a juicy piece of political drama, it's also a reminder of our civic rights and responsibilities. The God-given promise that all are equal. A date which will live in infamy. Because I have a dream. It is a culture of lack of impunity. Together we will determine the course of America. Hi, I am Ashley Crosby and I am a politically minded gal who believes that words matter. And none matter more than those spoken or used by the individuals we elect to a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. So, in this podcast, I strive to take an unbiased approach to examine the meaning of the words used by modern-day and historical political influencers. So when it is our turn to vote, to govern, and to lead, we are better educated and informed than the generations before us who have left us with a mess. Subscribe and join me on this journey to better understand the impact the words of our leaders have on our future and what we can do about it. Before we can really get into the importance of primary elections, let's make sure we're all clear on what they are and how they work. Primary elections are held to narrow the field of candidates that could be voted into public office by giving voters the chance to choose a nominee from their political party that they're a part of, before that candidate represents them in the general election. Basically, in primary elections, you vote for your preferred nominee from your political party to advance them to the general election. And in general elections, you vote between people in different parties to put them into public office. There are also different types of state primaries. The two most used types are open and closed elections. In a closed primary election, voters are required to be a registered party member in order to vote, so their ballot only has the nominees from their affiliated party. This system is used in many states and can cause some controversy because unaffiliated voters are excluded from participating, and it typically contributes to a single, very strong party organization since voters can't select members of other parties. Examples of these states include Florida, New York, Maryland, and even Wyoming, where hundreds of registered Democrats changed their party affiliation to Republican on their voter registration to support Liz Cheney. Whereas voters in states with open primaries, like Texas, Virginia, Michigan, and several others, can choose privately which primary to vote in, without having to be affiliated with that particular party. For example, a registered Democrat could vote in the Republican primary or vice versa in these states. 
Supporters of the system say that it gives flexibility and privacy to others, while critics argue that it can weaken a party's ability to nominate since voters are allowed to cross party lines. So if in open primaries people can vote across different parties, why don't we just skip primaries and go straight to the general elections? Well, primary elections give voters the opportunity to decide from a range of candidates who they think will best represent their political party and win the general election. This also helps parties to gain more information because, based on primary results and voter turnout, parties can figure out what they need to change before their candidate runs in the general election. For example, deciding if they should dedicate more or less attention to different demographics and issues giving more freedom for voters to choose who represents them or who they really don't want to represent them. Like the story about Representative Liz Cheney that we talked about earlier, voters have also used primary elections to choose big-name politicians that they've been unhappy with and prevent them from advancing to the general election. A lot of Republicans in Wyoming were upset about how their representative was going against former President Donald Trump by Cheney being public with her opposition towards him and having a leading role in the January 6th hearings. So they simply voted for her not to represent them anymore. Easy as that. Giving a new candidate the opportunity to represent the Republican Party of Wyoming. Liz Cheney isn't the only well-known incumbent or political insider to lose their primary election. In fact, of the six Republican representatives who voted to impeach Trump after the events on January 6, 2021, and ran again for their office, four of which lost their primaries, and only two survived to go on to November's general election. The 2022 primary season has also given several political newcomers the opportunity to win office in this November's general election. Notably among them might be the first member of Generation Z to enter Congress this year. Maxwell Frost, a 25-year-old Democrat who ran for a House of Representatives seat in Florida's 10th Congressional District. Frost won the primary election and beat the other two Democratic nominees with more than 34% of the vote, sending him to the general midterm election in November, where he will run against Republican Calvin Wimbish and could possibly be the first person of Gen Z to be a member of Congress. Frost said this on NBC News after winning the primary election. House nominee Max Frost joins us now. We really appreciate your joining us. Thank you so much, Max. Uh, so this is just extraordinary. You're 25 years old. If you win in November, uh, you will be the youngest member in Congress. Before we get to the politics of this situation, just take a moment to reflect on what this win means for you. You're 25. You still drive an Uber. You quit your job to be <laughs> able to run. What are you feeling right now in this moment? I'm feeling incredibly blessed. And, you know, we have a room full of supporters um, just across the, the hallway here um, who have been knocking doors, making phone calls and have been making their voices heard. And I think this win shows the country. Don't count us out. Don't count out young people. Regardless of political party or views, this is a huge accomplishment. It shows the stepping up of young people and how our voices are starting to be heard. If Frost wins the congressional seat, he'll be the youngest person in Congress and setting a 61-year age difference between himself and the expected oldest member of Congress who will be 86 years old. This extraordinary age gap shows the entry of younger people into Congress in our government. At least three other Gen Z candidates are running for Congress this year, including Democrat Raymond Reed in Missouri and Republicans Caroline Levitt and Tim Baxter in New Hampshire. No matter how these elections turn out, we are sure to see an increase in younger representation as Gen Z steps into the political spotlight.
Whether you were able to vote in the primary elections and will be voting in the general midterm elections very soon, or you have to wait a couple more years, it's imperative to know what you're voting in and why your ballot matters. It's crucial to know what each election means, and it's even more important to know why you should vote in it and who you want to represent you in our government. Thanks for tuning in on this episode. Join me on the next episode where we will highlight the best speeches of the recently passed Queen Elizabeth II.